It's been about a week since I docked here on the island, and although the work is enough to keep me busy, I'm finding myself bored while Joanna is at work or when I take breaks from writing. Sure, there's a lot of places I could explore, but the residents are all so hostile towards me it doesn't seem like it's worth the trouble. Outside of my almost daily visits to the diner, where again I'm ignored unless Gina is there to serve me, I find most of my enjoyment comes from listening to Martin's radio program. The man hardly seems to sleep himself. He broadcasts all day every day. Occasionally he'll take a few breaks in a 24-hour period, but they barely last longer than two hours. Oddly enough, I'm comforted by Martin's soothing voice and the useful tidbits of information he shares on a daily basis. Although, I'm still perturbed by how insightful he can be, locked up in the station all alone. During my last entry, I realized how much of an absolute goldmine of information Joanna is to my investigation. There's no possible way I could have done this without the knowledge she's gained from living here her entire life. And today, we will be taking a look at some of the information her father has collected. I'm positive that this will be a fruitful experience, and more than I could have possibly hoped for. So are you just planning on recording everything from now on? Yeah, I listen to the recordings while I'm writing. It helps me gather my thoughts. If it bothers you, I can just record less? No, it doesn't bother me. I just think it's a little... Weird? Weird isn't the word I wanted, but sure, it's a little weird. This coming from a person who thinks it's normal to have a radio DJ trapped in his station. Fair point. Now, let's take a look at what your father was working on. Damn, there's a ton on here. How long had he been working on this? I have no idea. This is beyond what I expected. So, just an explanation of what we were seeing when we opened the flash drive. There appeared to be about a hundred folders in it. Some folders were clear-cut. The names of people, landmarks, areas on the island. But others were more obscure with just numbers or random names of objects. There were two folders that immediately caught my eye. The first was untitled, but password protected, and the second had the name Joanna. Any idea what his password would have been for this folder? No clue. Knowing my dad, it could be anything. Well, we can always come back to that once you think of something. Uh, Where should we start? I guess we can start with the last file he edited. That works for me. Let's see. Doorbells. That seems like an anonymous title. There's three different files in here. That doesn't seem like a lot. Let's start with the document. Do you want to do the honors? Sure, why not? This is one of the few anomalies I have yet to encounter during my time on the island, but the lore is so well known that for my very first year, I was told to take certain precautions. Every day before sundown, I lock every door and every window in my home. I double-check Joe's room, even though I nailed her window shut years ago. David's pamphlet that I received when we first moved to the island was clear that every entryway must be sealed tight or the midnight visitor will pay you a visit. Is this why you asked me if my doors and windows were locked on that first night? Well, yeah, although I was never really sure why. Everyone says to lock your doors at night, but no one explains the reasoning. I'm sensing a theme here. Anyway, you can keep going. No one who ever experiences this phenomenon firsthand has ever seen or heard from again, much like the taking, which begs the question, are the taking and this entity related somehow? The more I talk to locals, the more it seems that they're in no way connected. 
People who have gone missing due to the entity have the ability to be remembered by their loved ones. They also can go missing at any point in the year. There are no date restrictions for this occurrence. Finally, people can take precautions to avoid being abducted entirely. I spoke to a few locals who have known someone that has been lured by the visitor. Most of the ones I had talked to had someone abducted from their home. Mrs. Anderson lost her youngest to the visitor around three years ago. She remembers that while she and her family were eating dinner that night, the doorbell rang. Since everyone in the family was at the table and they weren't expecting any visitors, they ignored the ringing and finished their dinner. However, later that night, while Mrs. Anderson and her son cleaned the kitchen, the doorbell rang once more. Again, the family members chose to ignore it, except for the youngest son, who grew curious and went to the door. Mrs. Anderson remembered telling her son not to answer the door. He obeyed and continued to help his mother. Mrs. Anderson said she had gone upstairs to help one of her other children when the bell rang again. She assumed her son would ignore the bell, but when she came back downstairs, the front door was open and he was gone. She went outside calling his name and thought she saw him running at full speed down the street. She tried to follow, but quickly lost him. She still holds hope to this day that she'll see him again. That's intense. Yeah, I think what's even stranger is he was in one of my classes. He just stopped showing up to class one day. I never knew what happened to him. Do you need a break? No, it's all right. I'm near the end. All of the locals I spoke to had stories similar to that one. One man, who wished to remain anonymous due to his popularity in town, recalls his wife looking out of the window after swearing she could hear something calling her name. Shortly after, she slammed open the door and began running. The man didn't see what direction she went in and never saw her again. As with most things in the town, these disappearances do not go unnoticed by Martin. I stopped by the station, bringing with me some cigarettes and books to ply him for information with. He admitted to knowing about all the disappearances, but had not the slightest idea what could be harming our good citizens. It's hard not to want to accuse someone who knows so much and yet so little. But seeing as the man can never leave his station, I doubt this entity is the work of Martin. This seems yet to be another anomaly I will have to experience for myself. Luckily, this entity is only interested in one person at a time, so I won't have to send Joe away. I'm going to leave the back door slightly cracked and spend the next few nights nearby. Hopefully I'll be able to see the entity and survive. That's it. I I can't believe he planned on confronting it. How many times has he put himself in danger like this? From the sounds of this entry, it seems like he did it quite a bit. Sounds like him. He was always looking for the next adventure. I know this is probably difficult for you. If you'd like, we can take a break. No, let's just finish this up. I want to see what he recorded. Okay, uh, let me turn the volume on. I saw it. I saw the entity. I'm... I'm trying to follow it, but it's... It's so fast. It, it looks like... Shit. I don't want to say what it looks like, but I had to follow it. 
I have to get it on camera again. So uh, let me describe what we could see in the video. It's a first-person view of the woods at night. Joanna's dad was running, so we couldn't see very much. Sometimes he would stop running and stand very quietly. The only noise you could hear was his panting breath, and then he would start running all over again. It's like he was looking for something that only he could see. The video went on like this for a few minutes, until he got to what looked like the entrance of a cave. I don't know if the camera can see this, but I think it brought me to the, the edge of the forest. It, it wants me to follow it in there. I know what will happen if I go, but I need, I need to see if it's actually her. I want to see her again. This, this is how it lures people to come out here. It makes you see. It makes you see the people you miss the most. Shit. I... I know it's not her. It can't be her. I... I can see her outline in the cave. I hope... I hope the camera's picking this up. I need to leave. I can't... I can't leave Joe alone. At this point of the video, her dad puts the camera on the ground and you can finally get a clear view of the cave. And neither of us could see anyone standing in the mouth of it. I guess his camera wasn't as good as he thought it would be. He picks up the camera and points it back towards himself. He's using a bandana as a blindfold. I think this is the only way I can avoid it. I'm going to turn around and walk away. Hearing her voice isn't so bad, but seeing her is what draws me to it. I have to make it home. No matter what, I have to make it home. I think I'll take the blindfold off when I can't hear it anymore. I'm hoping it exerted all of its energy bringing me here. I don't think it can take me if I don't go into the cave. I'm so sorry, Emil, but I have to make it home to Joe. I can't leave her alone. I have to get home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Emil. I have to get home. I have to get home. The last minute of the video, he's stumbling through the forest, but he's doing pretty well for a blindfolded man. The last thing he records is him taking the blindfold off and laughing to himself. He makes a comment about not having any idea how to get out of the forest, and then turns the camera off. This is just like him, always laughing even when things have gone to hell. Once, when I was seven, I tried to make dinner as a surprise for their anniversary, and I almost burned the house down. He laughed when he got home to find the chicken in the oven completely burnt to a crisp. He even kept laughing as he put the fire out. He kept saying, well, I guess we should have taught her how to make more than cereal. He was so full of joy, you know, 
It's nice to see he was like that for everything. He seemed like an incredible man. He really was. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get too sentimental. It's just been a while since I've heard his voice. I can't believe he managed to make it out of the woods in the dark. He must have stumbled around for hours. I know the video is choppy, but do you think you could figure out where that cave is? Hell no. Those woods are a death trap. No one goes in them. They're so dense and the paths that go through them are completely overgrown. I mean, there are recluses who live in them or behind them, but you'll never catch a townie trekking through that place. There are more people that live here? Yeah, there's some farmland on the other side of the forest. We used to get a lot of visits from the people who live out there, but they're completely self-sufficient and don't see any reason to stop by. Hmm. Well, that's good to know. Well, let's finish this up. One last file in this folder, and we're done for the day. It looks like a picture file. Maybe he took a better picture of the cave? Oh my god. That's... my mom. Your mom? Are you sure? It... looks like her, but... It can't be. She was... She was taken when I was a kid. I... I can't remember when. The picture was of what we assume to be Joanna's mother, Emile. She's standing outside the window behind Joanna's house. We assume that this is what her father saw when he left the door unlocked that night. Her mother is smiling and appears to be waving at the camera. There are, however, two issues with the photo her father took that night. I know that dress. I've seen it before. See? Look at this picture. It's the exact same dress she wore on their wedding day. That was more than 26 years ago. How is that even possible? It's no wonder he left the house in such a hurry to follow that thing. What's really bothering me about this picture is the eyes. Do you see what I'm talking about? They look... empty. The thing in the picture looks exactly like Joanna's mother. While the face is nearly a carbon copy of the woman in the photo Joanna showed me, the eyes are completely white. No pupils or anything. Just empty white eyes. Joanna's dad said that it makes you see the people you miss the most. If he saw his wife, what did the other people see? Is this entity some type of shapeshifter that lures people to its home to do God knows what to them? How does it know who you miss the most? This entire situation reminded me of a fairy tale I once heard. It's about a man who wanted to escape death. He ran away to a village where no one died. However, instead of dying, people were lured away from the town by a voice, and they were never seen again. At the end of the story, the man, who had lost his wife to the voice, becomes enraged once he hears the voice for himself. He takes a razor and runs towards the voice, threatening to kill whoever the voice belongs to. He's followed by a friend who sees him fall into a pit that holds the bodies of everyone who went missing after hearing the voice. I bring up this story because of the similarities between what I'm experiencing and this fairy tale. The people in this town are led astray by this entity that not only entices them with its voice, but also its looks. It's like a hunter using a wooden duck and a duck call. Once it has them where it wants them, it takes them away. In a town where people seem to very rarely die of natural causes, could this entity be like the pit in the fairy tale? Evening out the numbers so this town doesn't become overpopulated? 
At this point, I'm honestly not sure what to think. All I know for certain is that I will be keeping my doors and windows locked tight from now on, and I don't think I'll ever go out after dusk anymore. Thanks for listening to the Gamora Podcast. The Gamora Podcast is written, voiced, and produced by R.L. Salater. If you like what you hear, leave a comment, subscribe to us on iTunes, and tell your friends about us. Look out for the next episode of the Gamora Podcast in two weeks. Join us again in our continuing search for rest, solitude, and meaning.